Welcome to this special edition of Your Week with St. Luke's as we talk with our dear friend, Dr. Ryan Bonfilio, and talk about Theo Ed. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Hey, Jen. It's great to be with you. We're excited that, first of all, that you've been back with us as we're looking at the ancestors and uh, dysfunctional relationships. But we're really excited to talk to you about Theo Ed Orlando, which is coming to St. Luke's on Sunday, September 24th. Fourth. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, so tell us, first of all, but let's back up a little bit better. Because somebody asked me the other day, what is the Candler Foundry? So tell <laughs> us what that is. Sure, Jen. It's so good to be here. And any chance I have to engage with St. Lucas is a joy and, and a privilege. So love it. Um, also love that when you have a series on dysfunctional relationships, you think, oh, I know who to ask to help us with that. Ryan. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing. No, meant I, I heard that. no connection. No. No hidden stories now. So the Candler Foundry. At Candler, I get to wear two hats. One is sort of the traditional teach Old Testament hat, write about the Old Testament hat. Love that. Work with seminarians. It's what I'm trained to do. I have a deep sense of calling to that work. And on top of that, um, the second hat I wear is that I direct this new initiative at Emory called the Candler Foundry. And essentially, Jen, what it's doing is, is it's saying, how do we take the best of what typically happens at a seminary, in-depth learning about scripture and theology and ethics and all of the stuff, how do we make that more accessible and engaging for people who honestly probably never will go to seminary? Um, I'm a sports person, as many know, so I use this metaphor. We're trying to make seminary an away game rather than a home game. For so long, seminaries have been home games. Here we are, come to us, enroll in our degree programs. The Candler Foundry is trying to take that model and flip it inside out and say, how do we take opportunities for theological learning and exploration out into the public and where Christians are already gathering, like at places like St. Luke's? Right. So why do you think that's so important for people, especially people who follow Jesus and people in the church? Why is that important right now? I think there's a ton of reasons. Maybe the most fundamental reason is this thing that we call ourselves as followers of Jesus, disciples. That word means learner. It means mm -hmm. someone who is following, but in that process of following is learning. And, and that's a knowledge learning, but I think it's a heart transformation learning as well. So in some ways, I think learning and exploration in this way is just knit into our bones as people of Jesus. But the second reason and that's maybe more about this moment, Jen, is that I, again and again, I see people, often younger people, but not always, who are leaving church, not because of their spiritual disinterest, but rather because they've been disappointed, sometimes hurt, by the lack of deep theological reflection at those places. They have these amazing questions that they want to wrestle with, questions about their identity, the world, justice, so many different things, and they're not finding church to be a place that fosters space for honest and probing right. conversations about that. So they're actually leaving church because they're theologically interested, right? And so I think one of the things that the Foundry hopes to do is to create that third space or to go partner with churches and say, let's invite people back into the conversation and do it with depth and do it with curiosity and authenticity. 
I think you, one of the reasons why I love that, that uh, kind of vision um, for the Candler Foundry is because it connects with what we're trying to accomplish here at St. Luke's, which is um, really helping people engage in the God story, um, whether it's biblical learning or theological learning or ethical learning and, and learning it living it with one another so that they hear different perspectives. So they're not just people of a single story, um, you know, understanding of loving it and worship so that they can lead their lives with it. And because it, they are the theologians, they are the That's public right. theology out in the world, in their workplaces, in their schools, you know, in their family units. And I think that the church somehow in the last decades, I don't know when you'd want to put it in church history, stole that from them, stole that responsibility yeah. from people and said, no, we'll yeah. be the primary theologians inside the walls and we'll pour into you and what you do with it is your business. And I just yeah. think that's not what, that's not based on the scripture gospel story of following Jesus that I read. Amen. You're so right, Jen. I, I don't know when that exact date is when that started happening, but one possibility is that it was 1563. And the reason I pull out that date is it's because it's when the first seminary was created. Mm -hmm. um, seminaries didn't exist for the first 1500 years of Christian history. And it doesn't mean that learning didn't exist or right. theological reflection. We just didn't have these institutional structures where that learning would take place. And of course, I'm grateful seminaries exist. I want them to continue to exist. But the unintended consequence, I think, Jen, was that it it sort of said, okay, if you're interested in theology, if you if you think you're a theologian, if you have theological thoughts to think, then you go to seminary. We want to we want to kind of like outsource, if you will. The theological learning to seminaries, and then what's left for everyone else is something else. And I just think that's not the model of following Jesus. You're totally right that that every disciple is a theologian of sorts. And I know not everyone thinks of themselves that way, but we think that, that the Foundry doesn't bring theological knowledge to St. Luke's. It's there ahead of us. And what we right. want to do is bring this sort of theological knowledge that exists in an academic seminary institution like Candler and put that in conversation with the theological knowledge and lived experience of this congregation. And it's when that conversation happens, that's right. where the transformation is. That's where I think the heartbeat of the foundry is at. That's great. So then how did Theo Ed start? What is Theo Ed? <laughs> yeah. And, and cause I love it. I think it's a really unique concept and like, you know, how did it get started? What was the germination of it? And mm -hmm. and what is it? Yeah. Like most things I do in my life, Jen, um, Theo Ed started sort of by accident. <laughs> <laughs> this was about 2015. And at that point, I was teaching Old Testament at a, a local seminary here in Atlanta called Columbia Seminary. And I was working as a scholar in residence at a large church, actually not unlike a St. Luke's in many mm -hmm. regards. And that church at that time had this wonderful lecture series. They brought in a fabulous theologian, Bible teacher. They would do the 11 a.m. preaching, smells and bells service, and then they would give the 90-minute traditional academic lecture during luncheon afterwards. Fabulous, oh, wow. great people, amazing. But as good as it was, there were two problems in my mind. One was the format. 
I love a good sermon, Jen, and I love a good academic lecture. But those two things, that's not what's hot out in the world. So spoiler alert, sorry, uh, (laughs) the sermon and the 90-minute lecture, that's not what's grabbing the public's attention. (laughs) No, no, no. As much as we try. Right. No, And of course, Jen's sermons are an exception to that rule. Oh, and your lectures as well. Right, of course. I mean, I'm (laughs) glad that they have us, Jen. No, so <laughs> mutual admiration society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're here Party all day. Of two. <laughs> <laughs> so it, one was a question of format. I was like, yeah, these are amazing things, but only if you're drawn to a lecture, uh, a, a long lecture and a sermon. The second thing, Jen, was that the only people in the room for that amazing content were people who could make it to the 11 a.m. service mm-hmm. and who had the time and childcare to stay for the long early afternoon lecture. And um, I was honest with people. I was like, if I didn't work here, I wouldn't be able to do this. And so we simply began, we being me and a group of lay leaders at this church, we simply said, what if, what if we reimagined the format? What if we reimagined the audience? What if this just wasn't for people who could come to church at 11 and stay for the luncheon? What if the formats were derived from what already was gaining traction mm-hmm. in popular culture? And so we just started listening and learning from outside of the church, right? Not not church models, but what was happening? How were people learning? And at that point, and I still think to today, um, the TED model, TED Talks, right. was a, still a very compelling model. This idea of the short, 20 minute or less, highly polished, no notes talk. Um, that was not just there in a live setting, but really was meant to be recorded and captured mm-hmm. for what I've come to call the second audience, Jen. That is the people who never end up in the room, but the people who see a TED talk, you know, Brene's Brown talk. I mean, who's been there for that? I don't know. Right. But billions of people have right. listened to Brene Brown on on the TED series. So how do we mm-hmm. make that secondary audience feel like they're not listening in to a talk intended for someone else? That to me was the secret sauce of TED. And we thought, can we do that? Can we do for the Bible, theology, and spirituality what TED had done for technology, entertainment, and design? We didn't know we were creating TheoEd, but that's really how it began. So what I love about it is it's accessible. It's 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 bite-sized. Like mm-hmm. it's it's it and it's something that's usually around some kind of story yeah. that is. Th- that then I can take and and do theology, which is faithful practice. Like like, how do I take my faith praxis into the world? And that's what I that's loved right. about the talks that I've listened to, is that I'm not lost in it. It's not a lot of exegetical work. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of theory. It is it is short and it is moving because it it meets these great ideas with this is what the, is going on in the world. Yeah. Um, and therefore, then I can go, oh, this is how I lead my life. And I can see things differently. I can see what public theology looks like in my life differently because it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's distant from me. Mm-hmm. So how many of these have you had? Tell us about like, you know, how many you've done and different speakers you've had. And then we'll get to what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, just amen to all of that. You know, we we talk about how TheoEd um, is meant to spark conversations that changed the way we think about God, religion, and the power of faith to change lives and communities. And that's it. Like in 20 minutes, you're not going to answer all the questions 
you have yeah. about God, religion, and faith, right? But we want to spark conversations. And the beauty of it, when Theo Ed works well, it's when the talk that happens in that space spills out into the parking lot and on the ride home and the next morning over coffee and then in Sunday school two weeks later or it opens up a door for a conversation with your neighbor who never would go to church. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's it's when the conversation runs beyond the event. That's when it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's just to invite people into this this type of reflection and curiosity. So that's what I was going to ask. So who's it for? Yeah. Well, um, it's for a lot of different people. I mean, in 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 terms of and this will be, by the way, St. Luke's will be our 10th Theo Ed event. Ooh, so we'll do a special celebration that. for that. Yeah. Um, but throughout our, our various events, we've had a range of different people come. Um, our audience generally has trended young. And by young, Jen, I mean church young. So mm -hmm. like 50 right. and under, which since I'm still under 50, <laughs> yes! I'm going to claim that as young. Oh, um, uh, wait. Can you say 52 and under? 52 and young. I meant, okay, did great. I say 50? I meant yeah, 53 you meant 52, totally. and under. Um, right. There you go. No, and I think the reason for that is because we have this attention to the second audience and production, the stage matters so deeply mm -hmm. to Theo Ed. Right. We want it polished. We want it to look like Ted, not like church. And that's no shade on church necessarily, but mm, you want to create be. an atmosphere mm -hmm. um, that doesn't look like church. And because of that, Jen, we have a lot of people who self-identify as nuns and duns, right? Nice. They don't have religious affiliation or they're done with the church. They have grew up in the church and now they're done with it, but they're still deeply uh, spiritual. They're deeply curious about theology. And sort of interestingly, and you, and you know this well, if it did look like church, they wouldn't come. So no. it's in part because we're trying to create a different environment. Uh, so that's, I think, the unique thing about Theoed. Trends young. Um, I think it is the perfect thing to invite your neighbor, friend, um, uncle to who has left the church. Because I think it's a way, it's not evangelistic in the way we typically think about evangelism, but it's an authentic opportunity to engage spirituality in, I think, a space and a vibe that um, that that feels different from the institutional religion that they probably understandably have left and are done with. So I, that's why I'm excited, too, about the speakers we have. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so excited we get to partner with you in this because we're getting to have speaker, speakers at St. Luke's um, that are from our community, but also, yeah. you know, really not just in religious circles news, but in the literally in the news. Yeah. Um, and I think each of them is going to bring something different that speaks to kind of what we're seeing in the culture today. So do you want to talk about the lineup or do you want me to? How do you want to do that? Yeah, let's go back and forth on it because we we do okay. have an incredible lineup. And, um, you know, when we do these partnerships with Theoed in different locations, Theoed was born and raised in Atlanta, uh, where that first church was, but then it has grown and expanded. And we've gone on the road to a number of different cities, to Charlotte, to Austin, and now to Orlando. We're headed to Nashville next. So we're, we're moving Theoed around. And as we do so, we really want to enter into to rich conversations with our partners. And we want to listen. Who do we need to be thinking about, right? It's not just a generic 
lists to plug and play different mm -hmm. speakers. We want the the event to reflect the place. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really true of this thing that we're planning, Theo at Orlando, Jen. I think of Cliff and Clay Price, who are known by many in your congregation, just these wildly talented, uh, incredible humans who have a, an amazing story to tell involved in the arts and just to have them together as sort of a pair uh, yeah. tell that story. I mean, Jen, I would go just for that. It could just be Cliff and Clay and that's it. And I and would go. It. I'm done. I'm there. I agree. Um, I agree. They are so, so Cliff and Clay, if you don't know them, um, they both work at Disney. Um, Clay is a uh, involved in casting and talent, but is also over Encore at Disney. So they just did Spam a lot um, at the Dr. Phillips Center, and he oversees mm -hmm. that. Um, Cliff is also at Disney, um, working as a stage manager, director for live entertainment, but also is a, a set designer and has done worked with St. Luke's for Oliver, our incredible set for Oliver, our immersive black box experience of Steel Magnolias, where you literally walked into a house um mm -hmm. and that was his and so they have this incredible story as twin brothers who grew up in georgia in a small church and and how that church formed and shaped them that is so exciting and so beautiful yeah. and i think uh, probably not a story that many people who have worked with them at disney and around the city may not know that connection so we have this really awesome opportunity for them to talk and they are so talented and so creative and so full of energy and passion that's yeah. what's most exciting about it is that you could listen to them all day because they're yeah. so much fun yeah i think the challenge is for them 20 minutes or less yeah because uh, exactly. we're going to want to hear them longer than that exactly um, um, and I'm excited. We've got Luke Powery, uh -huh. um, who we used his, um, I used a lot of his work at Lent, some of his mm -hmm. spirituals, yeah. um, his book on spirituals and Lent. Um, and he is, make sure I get this right, the Dean, mm -hmm. dean of Duke University Chapel. That's right. Right. And professor of homiletics. And he has something kind of unique in his way of storytelling too. What's he going to be telling us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luke is just a, a incredibly talented speaker preacher his phd is in homiletics and he was teaching at the seminary that i went to when i was coming through and one of the things i remember about dr powery is that um he speak preaches uh and sings kind of all in one jen so he'll yeah. be giving a talk or a sermon and then he'll just he has this magnificent voice and he'll just go into song from a hymn or a black spiritual and then like yes. seamlessly merge back into his talk and then back into a hymn. It's this, it is amazing for as someone without a good singing voice, Jen, it is astonishing <laughs> to me, but he does it with an incredible artistry. Um, and he's um, so he's just an incredible communicator. And I think folks are going to absolutely love having him on the stage. So it's interesting because we didn't put a theme together, but uh -huh. honestly, everyone that is coming has the sacred imagination yeah. background and arts kind of background and talent too. Because right. doesn't Brian McLaren like play the guitar and sing as well? Yeah. All of these people, I have to say, Jen, are annoyingly talented. Um, right. I mean, really, we should have just picked a few lamos just to get up there and feel better about ourselves. But no, all of these folks, they're they're gifted in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. at Theo Ed, but part of the richness of their presence is that they do so many other things uh, from well, so many I other think, venues. I think Brian too is 
I'm excited about Brian. First of all, he's from Florida. He kind of knows uh-huh. our context right. as well, uh-huh. living in our state and what we're going through. And as a person who is a clergy person that sort of came out of deconstructed from the evangelical church and then has moved into this progressive understanding of theology, but that's right. But in a way that brings people along too. Um, yes. you know, I'm excited to hear what he's going to say and how how he's going to invite, invite people into a conversation about Absolutely. moving their own faith in, in ways. You know, I'll give and you the- all a sneak preview. Um, Brian's talk title, we're collecting these titles from our speakers, and Brian's talk title is Confessions of a Teenage Fundamentalist. And I think he's going to be telling that story of how he, he left awesome. a certain type of church, but didn't leave God in it. Right. And and that is a complicated story, a story that I think a lot of people know or have felt in their own bones and their own experience. So I can't wait to hear um how he's going to frame that for us, what he's going to share. I this is not Brian's typical talk, which I also love too. He's not coming in and just talking about his latest book. I'm sure he'll bring in things, but I think this is um this is something unique for this moment. So again, for another reason, if it were Brian alone, I would be there. But now Brian and Luke Powery and Cliff and Clay. And that's not the end of it either. No, because then we also have Reverend Dr. Lydia Muniz. Yes. And I am so excited. She is the executive director of the National Plan for Hispanic and Latina Ministries in the United Methodist Church. That's right. Um, I just did a podcast, so I don't know which podcast is coming out first, whether it's <laughs> her and I or or this one. Um, she she is a friend of mine. We went to through our doctorate in ministry class together. She taught me so much. Mm. She's so deeply profound in yeah. helping us see different perspectives and decentering our own story, especially um, our own majority story. Um, to to hear God in different ways. So do you have her title? Because I'm just fascinated at what it might be. It is. And you have to listen carefully to it because she's playing with a familiar phrase. Her title is creating God in our image. She's talking about how the ways we either purposefully or, or, or inadvertently um, create a false image of God, of who God is, what God is like, through the language we use in church, through the language we use in prayer, through the language we use in liturgy. So she's kind of working backward from, gosh, our words matter. These mm-hmm. words and things we say, whether from the pulpit or in, in the public spaces about God, they create a God that's more in our image rather than us being in God's image. And again, I just, I, I, these titles and these topics, I mean, I, I generally like Theo Ed Talks, but these I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is fantastic. I can't wait to hear what she has to say about that. And again, if she breaks into psalm song, we're we're done for because she uh, her voice. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. And then finally, we have Jackie Lewis, Reverend Doctor yes. Jackie Lewis. Jackie is the senior minister and public theologian at Middle Church in New York City. Um, she was my doctorate mentor. Um, she helped me kind of oversaw my 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 project writing. Um, and she is on fire and we'll just like the, the room might catch out in the Holy spirit. Cause when Jackie speaks, you're just moved, you're challenged, you're moved right. and you're caught up in the Holy spirit. She's an incredible preacher. So do we, what is she going to be talking about? 
her talk title might be my favorite Theo Ed talk title of all time. Here's her okay. title. Um, hold on. We going to be all right. God talk for hot mess times. And I think we're yes! just going to use that subtitle as it, as the main yes! title. God talk for hot mess times. I mean, yes. Don't we need yeah. that? Uh, Absolutely. In so many different ways. And she will name all the hot mess. So just come and you might want to pick up your toes because your toes might get stepped on. But I'm <laughs> telling you, it will it will be provocative and powerful. Yeah. And and she she boy. Yeah. Her yeah. her book, Fierce Love, is one that we're going to be studying right after this, mm-hmm. um, after TED Talk or Theo Ed. So I'm really excited about yeah. that, too. So so what else do we look forward to? Oh, man. Well, we will. Um, I heard that there is a absolutely stunningly good MC uh, who will I usher us too. through the program. That's really heard... people really come for the MC. I mean, I um, heard he's great. So there's that. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah pretty great. So there's that. Uh, we will have, thanks to St. Luke's, uh, we will have a wonderful reception afterward with some drinks and some food. We'll also have book signings. Uh, with the authors and there'll be a meet and greet so you can come and shake hands with Dr. Jackie or Brian or any of the other great speakers you can buy their books they'll be on sale we'll have some Theo Ed swag on sale as well just some little things to take with you Um, it's really in we call it an event but we really want to create an event a space a place for people to be beyond just sitting and listening to the talks. That'll be amazing. But we want you to stay and linger. We want you to bump into people that you always see and love. And then we also hope there's a, frankly, Jen, I hope there's a lot of people who are never at St. Luke's at St. Luke's that day. I think that can happen. And I hope you and, and, and your congregation will see this as a great chance to invite people out. And I think, I think of that myself. I'm married to a pastor and there's all these people in my life who I'm like, gosh, I wish they went to church. And I always feel a little bit awkward. I mean, it's just, it's hard inviting people to church. I'll just name that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Theo Ed changes that equation, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing to invite people to Theo Ed than to church. And I hope people take advantage of that. Um, if you want to do that and offer a free ticket, just let me know. We will give you a free ticket to give Absolutely. away to someone. Um, we're not making money on the ticket sales. That's my brilliant business strategy. So right. let us know, Jen, we will give away tables. We will give away seats. We want the people. Absolutely. In well, the and this is where St. Lucas, this is a simply invite event. It's low risk. It, yep. it is something we will take care of whoever you invite. It will give them a taste of who St. Luke's is too. I mean, all of these speakers speak yep. to our core values and That's who right. we are. And so it is something to invite them to, to let them see a little bit peek behind the curtain of who St. Luke's is in a very low risk, very yep. easy, welcoming way. And so it's at, again, September 24th at 4 p.m. Um, you can get your tickets at saint.lukes.org backslash Theo Ed, or is there another place? Yep. You can also go to our website, theoed.com. You can go there. You'll see it prominent on our homepage. You can click in uh, to the Theo Ed Orlando event and read more uh, about our speakers that are coming up. That might be a good website to share uh, with, especially folks outside of the church, if you just want to give them that platform to share. Also, Jen, um, and this sounds a little infomercial-y, but at theoed.com, 
you'll also find free access to all of the past Theoed's uh, talks. We have about 50 different talks on there from just incredible folks from uh, Otis Moss III, Austin Channing Brown, Shane Claiborne. Uh, yeah. The list just goes on and on. Yep. Fabulous. They're all there for free. Just click and you've got them. Plus, at theoed.com, there is a discussion guide to go along with each Theoed talk. So if you wanted to use this Let's say as a conversation starter for a Sunday school class, a small group, a Bible study, a book club, it's all there, all for free. There's even some uh, Theoed shorts, which are these fabulous stop motion animation uh, short films on different Theoed talks. I highly recommend them. They're playlists that group different Theoed talks together based on common themes. Just check it out. It's all for free. We want churches and people to utilize these resources in a way that that helps them grow and become more curious about faith. All right, St. Lucas, put it on your calendar, invite your friends, check out the website, um, theoed.com. Make sure you're doing all these things because we want to do everything we can to help you lead your life as public theologians. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being with us. Can't wait to see you soon. Thanks, Jen. See you in September. All right.